Wanna play hide and clap? Hello, club members. I'm Chris, and I just got a new kitten. Please save me. And I'm Kate, and I have, I don't have a new kitten, but I have an old dog. He's not as interesting as new kittens. <laughs> what? <laughs> and welcome back to the, Amazing. To the weekly meeting of the Nightlight Horror Movie Club. Here we review a different horror movie every week, and we discuss all kinds of stuff. Story, production, reception, relevance, and pop culture. You get the idea. And we spoil the movie in the process. Uh, we will go through the entire movie and talk about it, talk about all sorts of cool stuff. So if you haven't seen this movie or you don't want anything spoiled... Go check it out. I'm pretty sure it's still on Netflix. It is, yeah. Okay, if you, good. If you don't already know, the movie that we're watching right now is The Conjuring, or we yeah. already watched it, but we're talking about it right now. And if you're new to this podcast, I'm Kate, and I'm really interested in horror movies and just everything horror in general. And I literally hate everything about what she just said. I don't yes. like it at all. Yes. And so now we have a podcast together. So... <laughs> As Chris mentioned, we are going to be discussing The Conjuring. Um, we're going to talk about the true story behind The Conjuring, especially the real life Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were involved in the true stories behind not just this case, but also famous cases like the Amityville Horror case and also the Annabelle case, which is featured in this movie and its spinoff. And of Very course, spooky. we will be discussing um, R.E. arguing about the movie itself. <laughs> Mostly arguing. Mostly arguing. <laughs> so... First, let's just dive into what this movie is. So I know that Insidious, they called it a haunted house, and it's not really a haunted house. Yeah. And this isn't really a haunted house either, but it's more than Insidious is. So I'd, I'd be fine calling it a haunted house movie, to simplify it. Yeah, I I, th- I yeah. think it totally is. Because like the Insidious, it wasn't the house that was haunted, right? It's the people. Whereas in this, yeah, well, it's the house. No, it's not the house. <laughs> it's like kind of the house, though. I mean, they don't leave the house like they do in Insidious, but yeah, they make a point to be like it's latched onto you guys, not the house. So, right, it's but it's not a haunted there. house. But anyways, yeah, but it's not. I don't give. We're gonna argue about way more important stuff than this. <laughs> so I'm just gonna let you have it. So this came out in 2013. I was in college when this came out, and I I saw it in theaters and really liked it. And I actually liked it so much. Whenever it came out on DVD, I was like the first one there, and I got it on DVD. Wow. So I was also yeah. in college when this came out, and I have no recollection of it ever existing so that's yeah that's um, my pretty story sure you skipped those youtube ads <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely skipped you. those <laughs> um for those of you who joined us for insidious um this is the same director it's james wan he actually does a lot of horror, probably too many horror movies that we've covered so we're gonna need to stop yeah yeah i feel like he's monopolizing us a little bit <laughs> we are not he's just good at it. by james but we wish we were james we love you i mean he seems fine <laughs> His artistry needs a little work, but it's fine. <laughs> Maybe get into something else, some pottery, <laughs> something a little inoffensive. He got a he got a new puppy while filming this um, movie, so there's How that. How do you know that? Because so Chris and I do research before this movie. Some of the research is more relevant than other <laughs> than other findings. It was just it's just like a spooky story that he said in an interview once because he just got this new puppy and he was like working on the script and it was late at night and. All of a sudden, like this puppy who's super, super sweet, just being a puppy, has never growled or snapped in its life. It's literally all it knows how to do is wag, fart, and eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it like starts growling at something in the corner that's not there. And then it chases something across the wall that like he never saw or anything like that. But the dog like 
he watched it become like agitated and like aggressive towards something that wasn't there. And then the dog slowly calmed down afterwards. And it's like, is it the demons? Do they not want their story told? Maybe. Probably a demon. Maybe a spider. You'll, you'll never know. Probably. There's actually a lot of stories within the making of this movie that were like, hmm, maybe we're tampering with things we shouldn't be. Ah, okay. I'm excited. I want to talk about this now, but I can't. We yeah, have to talk about the off. budget. Let's put that off. That's coming. Money. So the budget for this movie was actually really high. It was like $20 million. Yeah, that's actually a lot for his movies. It's 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 a lot. Yeah, because what was it? Insidious was, I don't Literally know. Literally $4. One million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. They paid for Enough like, for the lipstick. Lipstick. <laughs> lipstick. Exactly. <laughs> Just 12 tubes Who of is lipstick. She? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. But this movie um, grossed a lot more than $20 million. It made $320 million so far. And it's, of course, made money not just from The Conjuring, but it's there's a whole Conjuring universe now. Spinoffs galore. We have the first Conjuring, obviously, but then there's also a second one. There's a third one that's coming out in two years, in 2020. Ah. And then, of course, Annabelle. <laughs> People just loved Annabelle and wanted more. Oh I don't God. think Chris is one of those people. But I don't. <laughs> I don't want any more of her. <laughs> There was de- there's definitely more of her. So there's the actual Annabelle movie. There's the new movie that was Annabelle Creation. And, of course, there's another one that's coming out next year because people want more and more and more. And then, um, as has been haunting my YouTube all year, we have The Nun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the most recent YouTube ad I must yes. avoid. Yes. you got to be careful for The Nun. And then you also have The Crooked Man, which was a, is a prequel for The Conjuring 2. It's one of the, like, creepy demon-y things. Wait, how does, how does The Nun Conjuring. fit in? Part of The Conjuring 2, I think. Okay. Huh. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, why would I know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know why I'm I don't know that you. information. I know. I, know what, I know who has a dog or not. I don't pay attention yeah. to <laughs> the actual movies. The, the Nun is definitely a prequel to Conjuring 2. Um, she was like, I think, the main big bad. I don't remember the Conjuring 2 that well. It wasn't my favorite. It actually did pretty well review-wise, but not my favorite. Yeah, and then same. The Crooked I don't remember also. it much, no. Considering you haven't watched it, shocking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, do why it. don't you tell us a bit about um, how this one did critically? This one did awesome. People love this movie, um, yourself included. I I, I, I love understand. this. This is my favorite horror movie. When people ask me what my favorite horror movie is, and I've seen a ton of them, this is at least one of my top three, if not my favorite. Oh wow! You're you know yes. you're not the first person to tell me that too. Everyone who I've told, oh, I'm doing the Conjuring in our next episode or whatever, like people are like, that's the scariest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's I was like, it was great. Scary. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Gonna go do that now. <laughs> Anyways, I remember. I remember watching this. I was in college whenever I watched this, and um, feeling like very brave. And I was living in basically the woods. I was living in the woods. It was in the summer, and I was working for school. But of course, you can't live in the dorms during the summer. So I was working at school, That's and ridiculous. I lived. I know, and I lived one town over in the woods. In the woods. And, um, <laughs> in the woods like I didn't have cell service out there there was no internet it was just trees and, and you're like what do like, I do with like my demons. Saturday night in this yeah. <laughs> basically a, like a tool shed in the middle of the <laughs> North Carolina go woods see a horrifying movie so I went to back to the town over I watched the conjuring in the middle of the freaking night and then I had to drive home. In what is wrong with you? The dark. I I don't know. I it, it was this, it's like the scariest night of my entire life. Oh, no, I drove you've, home alone. You told me this story before. Yes, I have. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this resonated yes. with you. You told me this right after. Like you, this was one of the first conversations we had. That's, yeah, was it really? That makes sense. But like we had no, we had it back. You know when um, 
when we went to science camp together, as those yeah, of you who have listened camp. to previous episodes know. Um, and it was right after I yes. caught you watching the Babadook downstairs and like yes, started talking about that's horror right. stuff. And I was like, I hate it. And you're we like, didn't let even me know tell it was you the this beginning. time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the, I, I watched it and then I had to drive home and I kept looking at the trees and I kept seeing that woman like hanging in all of the trees because uh. that's what the trees look like. And then I had to go home and of course I lived with dogs. I had my, my dog and then uh, my uncle's dog who I was taking care of. And so I'm in the woods in this house alone. I have every single light on. I'm playing Justin Timberlake as loud as my phone will allow it. Mm-hmm. And of course my dogs start barking at the glass window and lunging at it. Obviously, Obviously they start doing But you're safe. It's probably deer. But like if you think I went and checked, I didn't. Everyone knows demons are afraid of Justin Timberlake. Alternatively, maybe they love him and they were just like banging on the door like, oh, let's no, dance, girl. Let's do it. I have it. like my sulfur, my incense, my Justin. Sulfur? <laughs> yes. Yes. Why would demons be afraid of sulfur? Aren't they I don't supposed know. to it's smell like, like sulfur? It wards Shouldn't them they off. like that? No, why would they oh like sulfur? Oh my gosh. Sulfur? You've been attracting demons your whole life, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, sulfur. You're like, come on in. I'm just following all Playing sorts of bad Playing with Ouija boards as a kid. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm playing with fire, but I didn't sleep that entire oh night. Like not not one bit. I just stayed awake the entire night. Well, I'm not sympathetic towards you because you made me watch this. So. But I like it. I like it enough that I bought it. Like I forgave it and then I bought the movie. I will. I will not be doing that. I will not be doing that. No. Well, it's on Netflix. So you don't have to. Exactly. That's why <laughs> technology is amazing. <laughs> that's why that's why. We're not doing that. But yeah, no. People really like this movie. I think. I mean, the average like out of 10 stars whatever imbd whatever is seven just like every other film on the planet yeah, everything gets a seven <laughs> it, what everything the empire strikes back seven space balls seven, seven. <laughs> space balls deserves a seven i'm not i don't know what you're talking oh, about there. what's that there there's that one movie that doesn't do well and i it's the paris hilton movie it's like the least the lowest ranked imdb movie in history <laughs> it's whenever what? paris hilton tried to be a movie star i'm looking this up hold on oh my god paris Hilton movie. Oh, it's the hottie and the naughty. <laughs> no, <laughs> the hottie and the naughty. Can we cover Join that? Join us next time yes, for our Paris please? Hilton podcast. Please. We'll cover. Oh my this. god, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. It's happening. It's decided. Right after, right after we review that one specific episode of SpongeBob. Yes, yes. The 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 one that's been on our Facebook and our Twitter. Yes. I don't know if I'm emotionally ready for that. I need to take a little break, a little Paris Hilton break. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Since 2007, I've been on a Paris Hilton <laughs> I hear you. What was the critical reception? You have to tell us about that. The critical reception was, uh, pr- I mean, pretty much the weird thing about this movie is like I always get kind of weirded out when the critics and the audience agree with each other. Uh, but they pretty much do. So like on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics actually like a little bit more at 86%. Audience is at 83%. And most of the reviews I read, the vast majority were pretty decent. I mean... There were only a few people who were like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing film on the planet. And there was very few people who actually had negative things to say about this film. So I think the general takeaway is that it's a solid horror film that most people seem to like for some asinine, <laughs> unrelatable reason. Well, if you're at all a fan, like a fan of the horror genre, like this is a staple in horror. It's just, you know, there's Amityville horror, there's The Shining. And then now I feel like The Conjuring has taken a step and is a part of that group of classic horror movies and it's because it it doesn't do anything crazy and different i'll be honest about that and I, as much as i like creative horror movies this isn't really one of those but it yeah it's not very original it's not it's you know it's a family being 
haunted by demons and stuff but what it takes it right. it takes that very simple premise and that very used premise and it does it really really well and that's something that i can follow and something i can respect and obviously it's resonated with other people people just want to mm-hmm. get scared people want to watch someone get possessed and chase their kid in the basement that's what they want to watch and so that's what they want what they want <laughs> i know that's what i want and so this gave that to us and did it really well so i i totally expected this to have excellent reviews it's not like Insidious yeah. where, you know, they take creative liberties, they do things weird, and then some people like it, some people don't. Like, it's it's a very yeah. safe idea for a movie. Yeah, they did, Yeah, you're right. They didn't really take a lot of risks. And even a lot of the things that are scary in this movie are the same kind of things that would be scary in an, any other movie. You know, like yeah. creaking, doors opening and closing, random people being seen, like, suddenly, like, pictures yeah. falling off the walls. Like, it was just, like, stuff that's, like... Every other horror film was done. But it's fucking scary when they do it. But you're right. Like, the way they do it is... Yeah, it's just the timing is very well executed. Um, for whatever else I'm going to have to say about this movie, because I will have negative opinions. That's just Of course. Spoiler alert. Spoiler um, alert. Chris doesn't like scary movies. It's true. But I do think <laughs> I will give them that, that I think that this was a very well executed movie. Yeah. Unlike some of the other James Wan films that we've seen, like Insidious, where I, I th- thought I like, liked it was Insidious. 50-50. Yeah, but you know. You know how I feel about I, it. I get that. In any event. In any event. Yeah, this is this is different than what I would have, because James Wan does like Insidious, he does Saw, he does, I'm pretty sure he does Sinister too. So he does very different. Over the top stuff. Yeah, over the top stuff. And then he usually lower budget and then this is a solid budget and then a you know a haunted house movie at its core but he does it mm-hmm. really fucking well and so i i love him let's walk through this film and i'm sure i'm sure we'll get to it but there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on this bone yes. as kate would say yeah it's my favorite there's thing a lot to say. of <laughs> there's a lot of story here there's a lot of background and they do the same thing that um a couple other movies that we've seen where they're like oh based on a true story kind of thing at the beginning Mm -hmm. and we'll get to it but this one's cool actually because it actually is yeah unlike the strangers which was basically a lie unlike strangers which was actually (laughs) fake so don't believe them when they try to convince you it's not real no just go go watch go listen to our strangers episode because literally they're based on a true story is based on the fact that murder happened based on murder exactly (laughs) murders happen sometimes But this Gosh, is actually about the Perrin family. It's actually about that farmhouse. It's about the Warrens who are incredibly famous and incredibly real. So this movie actually kind of opens a little bit confusingly because it starts giving you one story that ends up not being the story of the movie at all. An excellent B story, though. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it opens a great spinoff. But so it opens with probably the most terrifying doll you've ever seen. Absolutely. This weird porcelain, creepy girl doll. Terrifying Raggedy Ann. Yeah. Well, so like in real life, Annabelle was a Raggedy Mm -hmm. Ann. Yeah. The the Annabelle story is also real. It's also a true story. Right. Which I don't care for. I don't don't care for that. (laughs) That's fair. No. But yeah, so it starts out like the first thing you see is this doll Annabelle. And they made a scarier version. It's not Raggedy Ann's not that scary looking, but... Eh. Eh. Trust her. But the porcelain doll is very scary. <laughs> and she's just sitting in a meeting, as dolls do, yeah. with three apparently terrified roommates and two well-dressed, well-to-do people who seem to know things about ghosts. And we soon find out that those people are actually... Um, Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
Yes. Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are real-life demonologists, yes. so they're real people. The actors are obviously not them, but <laughs> they're real demonologists who investigated both the story that The Conjuring is actually about and the Annabelle story. Mm-hmm. And they're talking to them about how, hey, your doll seems to be... Uh, not possessed, right? Because they, they specifically say that a human is possessed and an, and an object is something else. Oh. Oh, um, it's like manipulated. Basically, like a, hum- like a human is possessed. An object is just used as a conduit. Yeah. So, so like they're basically just telling them that this doll is a conduit for a very malevolent spirit and that they can't trust it. Right. And like the girl's like, oh, well, we started it started writing notes to us so we talked back and it was like hey can i come into this doll and they're like yeah sure well they thought it you was a little fine. girl they thought it was a little girl who had died because they did research on the house and they were like oh a little girl died here this is clearly that little mm-hmm. girl spirit we're nurses we want to take care of him yeah and so they wrong them, don't do that don't do that <laughs> <laughs> basically if something from the other side is like hey can i inhabit this vessel just say just no. say no kids just say no. I don't care who they say they are. They should incorporate that into like, the DARE programs at school. 100%. Cocaine, just say no. Demon going in your raggedy and all. Just say no. Just say Stay no. In to school. That. But in any event, they let the do- they let the demon into the doll, and so then the doll. Oh my gosh! It was there's a series of very very creepy scenes, with the doll starts moving unexpectedly and starts drawing on all the walls like did you miss me and creepy shit like that. did you miss me yeah i was like oh you left did you miss me Ah. and it's very very scary and then cut to modern day like apparently that happened previously the doll is with um the warrens now and they keep it in a glass box in their house safe with a with their wide variety of other cursed objects their kid crawling around that's the best place for it. That's where they actually put it. So as far as true stories, I mean, there there wasn't any little girl, I guess, that died in the house that they thought was there. But they did say that the Raggedy yeah. Ann doll was possessed. And so the Warrens just took it and they put it on display in their occult museum. Or probably still is. So how, how do we feel about that? I feel fine because I think it's a doll. And I think that the Warrens make stuff up. But I'm going to get into that, I guess, later. But I don't believe okay, for sure. a second that the Warrens... <laughs> are legit not for one second okay and that's fair because you don't believe in demons which is fair but like for argument's sake let's say that they're not quacks and that these objects are possessed or inhabited by evil Mm -hmm. things should we put them all in one building i uh not i mean that uh, (laughs) not my not my house but like if they (laughs) (laughs) not my house (laughs) you're not putting that doll in my house i'm just saying like for argument's sake, if all those things are true, is it logical? Nay, is it moral to put them all in the same room with each other where they could like converse or some shit? Uh, I think it's I don't I like think it. it's better than having them spread out and you don't know where they are. So I t- okay, think of sure, it as like, like put an, them underground. Think of it as like an maybe, but then you don't know if they're dug up. You don't know when they're dug up. Mm. You don't know if some it's like Jumanji, right? Like you think you it sh- is Jumanji. ship it off. <laughs> Drop it in the ocean. Someone in France is not my pick problem. It up. Someone else's problem. Yeah, now. exactly. Bye. Bye. So I think they're doing. Bye, I think they're I doing know. the moral thing because, like, I mean, I wouldn't want that crap in my house. But they at least acknowledge that they, they can control it. Like they have someone come every month and bless the room. They have Annabelle. Yeah, that seems to be doing a great job. Doing- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later, but it's not working. Yeah. 
Yeah, spoiler alert, padlocks don't work on demons. <laughs> padlocks don't work. Even if you put a crucifix over the door, it doesn't quite cut it. Anyways, we see the Warrens giving a lecture to all of these college students, presumably, about the Annabelle story. And they're like, oh, yeah, demons are real. Look, this is our stuff. This is what we do. And all these students are like, the fuck? Yeah, they're like, I thought this was Kim 101. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, my God, I walked into the wrong, wrong lecture hall. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I genuinely don't know how these people became professors or whatever or what they're teaching. But so they. It seems like a cool class. Yeah, I'd take that class absolutely. I'd take it absolutely. But I mean, the so the Warrens, they are, they have all these accreditations, right? Like they're oh they're part of, oh they're part of they're part of the New England Society for Psychic Research. Like that sounds really legit, right? Sounds legit. Sounds, I mean, as far as what clairvoyants are going to be authorized by, that seems like a an okay authorizing body sure. yeah, but, but what they don't tell well they made that group so like <laughs> yeah which we found yes, it exactly <laughs> exactly so it's like all those like you can find an article for anything it's like people are like oh coffee cures cancer it says so in the coffee organization for coffee drinkers only dot yeah. <laughs> ch like you can put yeah your name exactly. you can make a body that sounds legit for anything. Yeah, you can make a website for anything. You can make it say anything. There's no governing body that says no. That sounds misleading. Like you could do whatever you want, and so that's what they did. Yeah. But I mean, should we go ahead and talk about Ed and Lorraine now? Yeah, let's give it just a little bit of backstory before we get into what they were doing in the in the conjuring house. Yes. Let's let's get just give a little bit of background for them. Yes. So we know that they're college professors. We know that they give themselves their own credentials. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And they're self-proclaimed demonologists. Yes. And they're authors. Um, and of course, as I mentioned earlier, they're involved in like Amityville Horror, Annabelle and Conjuring and more that we'll discuss today. So they've reportedly, mm-hmm. again, this, these are their their records, investigated over 10,000 cases by, by wow. their account. Um, and they've authored a bunch of books. And their work has obviously inspired a lot of film and television adaptations, including 17 films in the Amityville Horror series alone. So I'm, oh I'm just bringing this up to say that they are making bank off of what they're saying is true. They're making, I mean, it's not like some benign nonprofit and they're, oh, we just want to get the message across. No, they are cashing a check on every single one oh, of yeah. these things. Oh, yeah. And I would like to just point out real briefly that you are probably one of their primary benefits. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, you're, I'm like, you're full of shit. Give me more. I want more movies. You're like, you're frauds. You're just stealing money. Here's my Here's money. My Give money. me more things. Thanks. <laughs> I know. I, okay. <laughs> I acknowledge that. But I, I mean, I would respect them more. No, actually, I would respect them way less. I was going to say if they were yeah, just like, these are fake. But I'd be like, fuck you. Like, I don't want to listen to Yeah. Them. You'd be like, how dare you? Ghosts are real, except it- they're not. But sometimes I like it when they are. Maybe. When it's convenient my for money. me sometimes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll admit I want oh them God. to lie to my face. And I want to be mad about it. Yeah. Okay. I just enjoy. Sounds great taking up issue with the Warrens but like on their own they're pretty I mean yeah obviously so on their own they're actually pretty (laughs) legit people so like Ed Warren was like a World War II Navy veteran and a former police officer and then he became you know a demonologist or whatever that doesn't qualify him as a demonologist no but it makes him legit like he's not just some homeless guy that found a pack of tarot cards in the dumpster Ah! like he (laughs) he had a career Join us for our podcast where we address the many stories from Kate's past where homeless people try to read her tarot and she falls for it every time. You don't even want to know what they've said. <laughs> I've got like two years tops. but It's all true. It's all true. But Lorraine, so Ed, I feel like, is the sane one. 
not in this movie. In this movie, they're both insane. But in real life, Ed ah. feels like the one. Like he's like Navy veteran, former police officer. And Lorraine, I'm trying to figure out what she did before she did this clairvoyant stuff. Nothing. She just said, "Yeah, this is my husband, and also I'm clairvoyant and a light trance medium." Well, and that's their whole shtick in the movie too. Though, yes, right? is yes. That she's she has clairvoyant capabilities, and she can interpret what's going on with the situation. Whereas he's much more of the analyst who's yes, like, "Let's yes. look for the." alternate reason for yes, why what's going on yes. and let's collect data yes collecting data and following like protocols and she's very much the soul of the operation while he's yeah the, exactly the, the computer in the brain it's a very yeah it's a very complimentary pair he's like yes. hey let's take pictures of it she's like i don't need pictures it's right there yeah Get the fuck out of the house <laughs> yeah, exactly he's like got all the thermometers and she's like eh, there's a demon on your shoulder done <laughs> done and done done so, i guess in that aspect the movie is very true to what the Warrens were at least complimentary to each other. That's that's how right. they were. Well, and Lorraine was a consultant for the movie. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. She's been yeah, a consultant. Yeah, she read the script through every phase yes. of production. Like she she was a part of what of what making her own character's role, which I thought which I think is really cool. Like I regardless think it's of cool. what we think of them as real people, very cool that they were so true to how this actually went down. Oh, absolutely. And I will say, so the parent part of the story, the family part of the story and what happened with their true aspects, we'll, we'll get into it later, but obviously nowhere near as dramatic as this movie is. So I'm sure she attested well, to these things and then James Wan is like, yeah, that's cool, but what if we put a demon on the wardrobe and they'd rather do that? Right. So like, and that's that's how um, they keep saying in all the different interviews, like, oh, yeah, the, f- the film isn't necessarily the exact things that happen. No. But depending on who you ask, like, so Andrea, um, Andrea Perrin, who's um, one of the daughters in the movie and in real life, she wrote a couple of books. And yes. she attests that while the movie isn't necessarily exactly what really happened, mm-hmm. real life was much scarier. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, the things that they put in the movie are nowhere near what actually happened. Because she's like, it would it would have been too too much. Granted, she has a little bit of a, you know, confirmation bias there. But <laughs> again, she's also making money off of this movie doing well. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying nothing fraud. Either way, it's fine. But and also, don't forget that you know she has family members who are like not on board with what she's saying. So it is a split right. household in that way. But we'll we'll get into true. that more later as we go through the movie, like what's true, what isn't true. But all this to yeah. say that at least as far as how Ed and Lorraine are depicted, that seems to be very, very true. And at least what Lorraine Warren was doing a lot of consulting on as the consultant. And she's still alive. Right. She's still kicking and, you know, cashing checks. Um, So now, of course, the New England Society for Psychic Research, a made-up group. As far <laughs> as, <laughs> but as far as made-up groups, this is the coolest one. Like, if I was going to be in okay. – this is a cool one. It's effectively a ghost if hunting If I was going to be in a fake society, yeah. like, screw the Illuminati. Yeah. I want the New England Society for Psychic oh, Research. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And it's totally just a ghost hunting group with a bunch of weirdos. But at least it's it's Love professional it. weirdos. You have medical doctors who – if you, go check out our Exorcist podcast if you want to hear about how all medical doctors are not good or smart people. Are basically frauds. Yes. <laughs> Don't trust your doctor. You have medical doctors, you have researchers, you have police officers, you have nurses, and you have clergy members. Asterisk at the top, please trust your medical staff. They're good people. <laughs> yes, those are real. I mean, but if Lorraine Warren comes to your house and says you have lupus, I don't know. I would trust an actual <laughs> I don't doctor. Know. I don't know. Maybe, but I would get that checked out. So obviously there's all there's a huge amalgam of professional people and then, of course, clergy members as well. And so there's a lot of skeptics and investigators. <laughs> <laughs> 
targeted that the Warren haunting. Could you please like wash off some of your salt and come back to this podcast for a second? Like literally my my mouth is parched right now trying to drink in all your salty ass water. Like could you please? So another part of this podcast, if this is your first one, I am as skeptical as it gets. And Chris believes every word. Chris is incredibly religious. Okay. <laughs> I am not very religious. I do not. I would not say that I believe every word of what's going on. <laughs> totally I'm not saying do. that Lorraine Warren is a legitimate person. I'm just saying. You're just saying maybe. That maybe you're not a skeptic, Kate. Maybe you're just mean, okay? <laughs> maybe you're just Maybe I'm rude. just a bully. I'm sorry that I'm bullying the Warrens. You're right. I'm being You're bullying unfair. me. <laughs> Okay, it's true. I think Ouija boards are toys. I think that They're not toys. throwing holy water in a room is not going to keep a clown doll in, which, I mean, that's been proven to be true by this fictional movie. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> all I have. And my facts are this fiction stuff. Next. I'm a scientist. I have the data. Holy water is not going to keep the clown in, but if I throw holy water in a room with a clown and it stays in there, did it work? <laughs> did it work? I don't Maybe know. Maybe the clown was never possessed to begin with. Maybe it was and it worked. Okay. Burden of proof is on you, Kate. Let's go back to research camp where we met and be like, okay, yeah. we love we love these subjects you're giving us. Oh, these, these are really cool projects. Yeah. But what if we did our sure. own about raggedy and dolls and holy water? <laughs> like, you are excused. <laughs> Here's our experimental design. We'll put Raggedy Ann in a room, <laughs> splash her with some holy water, see if she moves. We'll give her a week. No movement. It worked. Published. We'll need a control. Raggedy Ann, no no holy water. I bet we could actually do that because, again, there is no regulating body on what you can post on the internet. No we one will can become, stop us. We are going to be the North Carolina and Oregon Society for Psychic Raggedy Ann Dolls, and we're going to publish <laughs> our findings. North Carolina <laughs> and Oregon Society. So... Back this is history, board. people. You're hearing You're it right ready. now. You're ready. Yeah, get ready. Gear up. Go check out our website at... No, I'm just kidding. We don't have one yet. <laughs> Not yet. Our podcast doesn't even have a website yet, but we're going to get one for, the, working for on our it. Raggedy and research. Our Raggedy research, Excellent. as our fans have called it. So yes. naturally, back to the Warrens, there's been a lot of skeptics, myself included, and investigators that concluded that the Warrens' hauntings, especially their more famous ones, like the Amityville ones, where they made a bunch of money um were completely farce completely made up so it's not just me it's a bunch of people who have actually investigated the quote-unquote data mm-hmm. of these stories yeah. and of stories quote, of unquote, data, yeah, yeah. quote unquote data like i watched the movie and i'm just not convinced <laughs> <laughs> analysis oh done i watched the movie but i paid for it I, to go five more times oh absolutely so. they can have all of my money they can have they deserve it but i don't believe them do you believe them? Do you I, think that... You're, you're just going to walk up to them one day like, hey, can I get your autograph? Also, you're a fraud. Also, you're a fraud. Also, uh, I love you. <laughs> love your work. Love your work. Hate your work. Love your work. So yeah. do you believe them? Do you think that these could be real? Do you think that Raggedy Ann could have moved around those the, the nurse's apartment? The Bathsheba, I, haunted mom, all of that stuff. Bathsheba. Um, so, no. I mean, just... But, like, it's one of those things, right, where, like, I wasn't there. I don't actually know what happened. All we have are all these different people with all these different accounts. So, like, chances are I don't think that any of it's real. 
that said, I'm not the kind of person who's just going to say that it's not real just because the data isn't there, right? And like we've talked about this before about how I don't believe that science can study supernatural phenomenon. So I don't believe that there mm. can be data for whether or not these things are real or not. So, but there can be there can be corroborating yeah. witness accounts, right? There can be two family members saying hope. different things. <laughs> Sounds, I mean, there's there's something there. If, I mean, I'm not asking for like the actual temperature measurements and the. I, actually, I would love that. I would love that so much. But there's. But again, I don't know if it means there's anything. soft data, if not hard data. You know what I mean? There's sure. I think that that accounts for something. And the fact that yeah. people have legitimately tried to investigate these claims of the 10,000 cases that the Warrens have done. And mm-hmm. other than the people who are in the Psychic Research Society, <laughs> there's not much support for that, for what they're saying. Right, right. But I mean, like, that's how, I mean, science is flawed in that way, right? Like, peer review is obviously completely important and science could not function without it. But also the rub about being judged by a, community of your peers right is that they generally seem to believe the same thing that you do right oh absolutely so it's the same thing with like what i do you know if i if i'm submitting a paper in cancer research and it's being read only by people who do similar research to me because they're the ones who are going to know stuff they might say that oh yeah this 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 fits the bill go ahead and publish it because it helps me as yeah it fits their their paradigm for how they view the world as well so like yeah granted them being you know, judged by a group of peers that are also alleged New England psychics. Maybe that's not great, but that's just how science works. It's a flaw in the system. So I think there are more flaws than that in this system. Is all, all I'm I, saying. I agree. But yeah. I agree. But I, like again, I think I, just that don't, I don't think science can address it, and I do. I don't think it can be proven that what they said is true, and I don't necessarily believe them. Is my point. Okay, then we agree. Just one more salty than the other one. I think that yeah, exactly. I think that if we were gonna be paranormal investigators, I think I would be the Ed and you would be the Lorraine. That's what I think. I am hundred percent the clairvoyant Absolutely. one between the two of us. Absolutely, and I'm the one that would keep you from having going insane. You know, it's true. I would be able to it do an exorcism work. for sure. I'm definitely already losing it. <laughs> You're already off to a great start. We're gonna be so good at this. All right, we have tangentialed. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get back to the very beginning of this movie where we are currently. Okay. Yeah. So we see. Ed and Lorraine, who we've just discussed at nauseum, um, giving a lecture. And then cut, we see the Perrin family moving into their delightful new farm home in rural Connecticut. I think it's in Rhode Island. It's in Rhode Island. Is it in Rhode yeah, Island? Yeah, I think that the actual house is in Connecticut, though. But it, it's it, it's set in Hugh Harris, Perrin Harrisville, family Rhode Island. Moving into a small house in ambiguous small state East New Coast England. city. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. But it's actually, it's set, so it's set in Rhode Island, but they filmed it actually not far from where I live. They filmed it in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is kind of cool. Right. Well, and f- kind of a fun fact, though, is that they looked into tons and tons of farmhouses that they wanted to film this movie at. You know, they, they went to tons of different ones. Obviously, they didn't go to the original one, which would have been cool and creepy. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And they, and they never found one that they liked, so they just built this one. Yeah, of course. They just built this farmhouse. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to film inside actual homes, like actual structural homes. You have to tear that it crap is. apart and put it back together so many times. 
Right, but I think that's probably why the budget was so much yeah, higher. Yeah, you than had to usual, build a farmhouse. Like, I don't, I don't like where this house is. Let's just build yeah, our exactly. own. Exactly, that's not exactly cheap. And also, they couldn't film it in the current house because, as I'll discuss later, there are people currently living in this house that this movie is set in. Bold, it, bold it, choice. Bold, <laughs> and I'll get into what they have to say about this movie later. Yeah. But continue, yes. But so it's approximately 1971 the parent family are moving in it's the 70s happy music is playing mm-hmm. they're all dressed very fashionably <laughs> i love it i um, love their clothes they're, yeah they're they're moving into their nice new home and their dog sadie beautiful little dog won't go through the front door never she a starts good growling she's like don't she's like don't you dare put me in that house and they're like all right i guess sadie's gonna have to stay outside tonight and all that kind of stuff i'm like that was the first clue literally if i move to a new home and my animal my new little kitten doesn't want to go yeah, inside right i'm like okay out. new house yeah, new house well this is <laughs> gonna find a new we one we talk earlier about tropes like movie tropes and you know moving into the new house happy music is playing ordering pizza dog this movie hits all of those and i'm st- every single yes one every single one and i'm and i still love it and i'm still terrified and i think that's respectable well, and they just do it so well. Yeah, they do it so well. You know that dog's dead. You know the second it, you know, not even the second it whines. The second you see a dog get out of that car, you're like dead. 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 Not going to make mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but you, Which is very sad. But I, I still get invested and I still care. So they move into this new home. They're the most adorable family on the planet, which obviously means they're cursed. Of course. And we see them. It's nighttime. They're barely moved in. And they start playing what is probably horrifying. the most terrifying and awful game ever invented (laughs) hide and clap hide and clap i don't know what kind of sociopath invented this game (laughs) children children are sociopaths it's true and i hate it so basically the concept they're one it's it's like hide and seek it's it's marco polo meets hide and seek meet yeah so like there's a person their eyes are closed and everyone else is hiding and they're like okay clap and then all the other people in the house give a little clap and they only get three claps before they have to find someone. Sounds really fun, actually. If I hadn't seen this movie, sounds really hard. It does sound hard, and they play like, it with you're stairs. Like two claps in, you're like, "Fuck, I'm nowhere near." Yeah, a person I don't. Know. I, I only hear have nothing. one clap exactly. left. But that becomes a recurring theme in this movie, mm-hmm. and I hate it. So they're playing hide and clap. Whatever, everything's fine. And then the first couple of nights, some weird stuff starts happening in this house. Mm-hmm. Notably, all of the clocks stop at exactly. 3.07 a.m. Yes. That's like the witching hour. Quite literally in this movie. <laughs> the very specific yes. witching well, hour. Well, I think that a lot of movies borrow that idea of um, paranormal stuff happening, not like at midnight, but, you know, in early, early morning, like 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. A very specific early morning hours. Yes. So they don't, like, if you didn't look up on doesthedogdie.com, mm-hmm. it doesn't take long because the dog's already dead. Dog's dead. And I <gasps> no. don't care for <laughs> the little girl just runs outside and the dog is dead outside yeah. and, I'm, and I'm very upset about it and yeah. I don't you can't get like attached it. to the animals in these movies dude you really don't get attached to the birds really either can't. spoiler alert and so then all kinds of stuff starts happening throughout it's so like this part of the movie is kind of like I don't really know where it's going like it's just sort of every night something other scary happens but it's not like a it never gets like really bad no it's know? a slow build it's definitely slow, a slow build, but like effective build. Yeah, and like some stuff is just like scarier than others. Like one of the daughters, Christine, um, is this where that starts happening? Where she yes. starts getting pulled? 
No, 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 no. Christine. Or is that later? That I think is April. Christine is the little girl who oh. can see Rory and who's talking to Rory. Right. Yeah. Christine starts making friends with this boy, Rory, who no mm-hmm. one else can see, but she found his music box next to this very scary tree next to the pond. Yeah. Fun fact, also, they didn't have that tree originally. They built that also. They built the tree? They built the tree. Holy They're like, crap. none of these trees are scary enough. Let's Good for them. One. They're like, Warner Bros. gave us like $22 million. Do you want to build a fucking tree? They really did. So they find the box, the clown music box by the oh by the God. swamp. Which is so scary. Oh, my. The little clown that like pops up as the music's going. I'm like, nope. Burn yeah, it. if you find a music burn box it. with a clown in it by a swamp, put it back. Put it back. Put it back, kids. Put it back and move. No, I'm just saying if, if my kid came up and was like, look what I found, mom, I'd leave the kid and the music box at the swamp. Yeah. Leave the kid yeah. for sure. It's definitely yeah, latched it's on. it's definitely got the kid. But so the music box, it's got that mirror that spins and the music's going and you're waiting, waiting, waiting for the mom to see something terrifying in the mirror, right? Like presumably Rory or whatever yes, his name is. Yes, yes. This is just one of those scenes that James Wan seems to really like and he's very, very good at where they set up the, the jump scare it's you're so ready for the jump scare and then it just doesn't happen it kind of happened but not in like the little girl's like ha scared you i got you but it does like i'm already terrified i am terrified i am terrified yeah and then it doesn't go away because it feels like the actual jump scare is still coming yeah exactly and that's and that's why he's so good at like mm-hmm. doing jump scare just movies winding like, you up exactly what he did to me in insidious right like yes. you're so freight you're so worked up and you think you know it's gonna happen and then it doesn't and then bam it happens and you're like what <laughs> it's yeah, just like it's just like an really offbeat away from where you expect it to happen and that's why it's so scary exactly we forgot about mm-hmm. the cellar we, we, they, we whenever they moved in they found the cellar oh right because they're playing the clap yeah game, and they find the little cellar and the girl ends up in the closet right mm-hmm. and then she gets scared and whacks into the wall and yes. breaks the wall yes. open. Kids. And then, wow, we found a cellar. I'm like, okay. That was boarded up for a reason. That was definitely boarded up for a reason. <laughs> but the father, in all of his wisdom, is like, you know what? I don't have a flashlight, though. Matches. Because electricity hasn't been invented yet. It's 1971. No, they just don't have it in the cellar. <laughs> What he didn't he didn't try to find a light he though. Did. He's like, where are the matches? He, he goes, he, he finds did. the matches. He switched the thing like eight times and it didn't work. But he didn't like a flashlight though. Um uh, well maybe it was packed up. But the matches weren't. Maybe. Anyways, he goes down there with nothing but a box of matches to light his way. Mm-hmm. Like an idiot. Yeah. And weirdly enough, nothing scary happens. No, yeah, it's yeah. it's just and he comes back terrifying. up and we just know that there's a seller now and like okay well, that's coming back oh but that's coming back you later. know where they play those three notes on that that out of tune piano dun 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 yeah yeah those are the same three notes that get played by a ghost whenever the mom gets stuck down there later it's the same notes oh right yeah as if to yeah. say hey I was watching you I was paying attention. Yeah. No, they were there the whole time. Absolutely. 100%. Skip a little forward. So then Carolyn, who's the mom, right? Yeah, that's the mom. Yeah. So she starts hearing this godforsaken clapping game when no one's playing, right? And so she's like, she hears the clapping. She doesn't know where it's coming from. The closet door to the cellar inconspicuously opens. Oh, God. (laughs) Which is ideal. Oh, perfect. Um. So she she follows that. She hears something in the cellar. She goes down. 
that's when you, what's going on that's when you hear rory yeah. say want to play hide and clap yeah ex- oh my gosh it's so scary it's t- and then you and then you see the hands come out so she's playing with the little girl right no and that's a, that's, that's a different time in the wardrobe in the wardrobe that yes that's later so the clapping behind her head is this part though uh yeah that's the clapping behind her head. that's that part oh shit when did she must have done the clapping must have, the clapping with the wardrobe must have been a di- oh the clapping with the wardrobe was right after the jump scare. So this is after the clapping of the wardrobe. Right. Okay. So right after the jump scare, it's not a jump scare where she's like, look, mom, at my demon music box. And mom plays with it. And then she's right. like, mom, and then she's I want to like, play, play hide and clap. Yeah. The little kid wants to play hide and clap. And so mom's like, oh, okay. And then is playing hide and clap. Uh, and that's whenever we get that horrifying scene where she's facing the opposite way blindfolded. Oh and she God. says, last clap. And you see those hands. Yeah, those two white hands yes, just come out of the wardrobe, come out of the wardrobe and, they, and clap. The way that the hands clap, though, is so not human. It's not. It's not like, human. No one, no one claps like that. No. Like hands fully extended. It's like, yeah. like, like a seal slapping its fins together. Exactly. Like a demon seal. Yes. Like a demon seal. Yeah. And then she like, she walks up. She's like got her arms extended. She puts her hands into the Oh, and it's horrifying. Like, I hear you breathing. She's got, she's like <laughs> freaking shoulder deep in this wardrobe digging around. And we're like, there is a demon then, in there, Carolyn. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the, the her actual daughter is in the doorway. She's like, mom, you didn't come find me. And she's like, what the hell? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? And she like starts digging around in the wardrobe. Like who? I. She's like, I heard someone breathing. Yeah. Mom, mom is smart in this movie. Like mom recognizes she's at the second that she can't find a body in there. She rips off that blindfold and she is just like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. She, she does not. And her daughter comes in and she's like, what the actual hell kid? Yeah. Hide and clap is banned. No hide and clap. And then things just start getting really, really weird. And it seems to focus mostly around the mom for a little while. Yeah, absolutely. For For the whole movie. Yeah. It'll be like the middle of the night and the mom hears a weird noise and then all of the, like, pictures on their wall just get, like, thrown yes. off and, like, shattered down the staircase. And she's like, what is going yes. on? Did that happen before or after she gets stuck in the cellar? After. Yeah. Yeah, after she gets stuck in the cellar. And so that's right. when mom's like, okay, I'm done. She starts getting bruised up. And she's just like, I am done with this. Yeah, she wakes up every morning with bruises on her body. And, she's like, seen a doctor think- for it. I think when she gets stuck in the cellar is probably one of the scariest parts. Absolutely. Though, when she's like, she's like stuck at the top, top of the scare, stairs. The spirit has like trapped her in the basement. Like it slammed the door. No one can hear her. Yeah. She's like, she thinks someone's down there. She's like, I'm locking you in here. And then the door slams and knocks her down all the way down the staircase. So she's like, she, like, all she has is that match. She's standing at the top waiting for whatever is down in the basement to come get her. And then those hands again. Cause you feel safe. Just, Cause your back is against the wall. Exactly. And you're not safe. And the little hands just pop up right next to her ear. Absolutely. <gasps> yeah, I know. I screamed <laughs> so loud. I did I I did not care for that. <laughs> I really 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 did not care it for that. It is effective. But that I don't think that's this that's a scary part for me that's not the scariest part. I'll I'll tell you whenever we get to my scariest part. I, I, I bet you can guess what it is. Can you guess parts. what my scariest part is? Mm, is it the wardrobe when she's on top. It is! Yeah. Oh my god! It totally is! Yeah. Oh! Uh, anyway, so that horrifying thing happens. Then all the pictures fall off the wall, like I said. And then mom's like, you know what? 
washing my hands of this place. Not going to deal with it. I'm going to go find some people who know how to help me because, like, something is going wrong. Mm -hmm. And so then, welcome back, the Warrens. We see them giving another lecture. This time it's about an exorcism that they were a part of. And it's kind of apparently it ends up being like a sore subject between the two of them because apparently something went really, really wrong. And Lorraine was put in danger or something that we're like, we sort of get the idea that maybe she saw something. She saw something that like really messed her up during this exorcism, but they're giving a lecture about it and they're talking about demons. And one one of the students asks, asks a question like, what are like, what happens? Like, what is demon possession? Like what is going on here? And like, Ed is like, you know, demon possession, it's not just like a, oh, all of a sudden you're possessed kind of thing. It's not like, oh, one day you're normal. The next day there's a demon literally inside your body and it's awful, which is not what happens in The Exorcist, but kind of what happens in The Exorcist. Kind like of, Like one yeah. day she's just a little girl and the next she's killing people. Yeah, kind of. He's like, no, it like it beats you down. It picks out, it picks the weakest one out of your herd and mm-hmm. it beats them down until they have nothing left to live for and then there's they an opening in. and exactly and the mom we see her sitting in the audience like fuck that's me yeah exactly. <laughs> i'm the sick antelope being hunted Yeah, exactly she is she is totally because she and i think that's because she has so much to lose like she has all of her kids that she's trying to take care of she is holding down that because her the dad's a truck driver right is what i got so he's like gotta go all the time Right, yeah, she's He's always alone. Got, and mom is holding it down, exactly. They give the impression that they only moved to this place because of her. Like, yeah, she feels responsible. There's a lot of emotional weight on her about this Absolutely. whole scenario. And the demon's like, yeah, I can work with that. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So she catches the Warrens on their way out, and she's like, hey, you need to help me. And the Warrens are like, oh, sorry, we don't, we don't do that. <laughs> we don't just help every crazy person with their problems. And she's like... I need you because, like, you're a mom. I need, to, like, you would do anything to protect your kids, right? Like, she pulls that card. That She pulls that card so fast. Yeah. And so then they're like, okay, we'll Effectively. help you. And so then, and, exactly. they, and they do come and help. But before that, actually, we did see one other scene with the Warrens where they were talking to these other people. And they were, like, up in their attic. And they're like, is this when the noise happens? And then he sort of proves that, look, it's just, the ch- like, when the temperature changes, the board's, like contract or whatever Expand, and, it forces. and then they hit the pipes yeah exactly yeah. which i kind of liked that they put that scene in there yeah because me too. it's sort of it like, made them more credible it makes them more credible they're like yeah you know what most of the time it's not anything weird most of the time mm-hmm. it's something completely explainable and we're not here to find demons we're here to help you you know to help people yeah exactly we're like you know what we're gonna find the rational explanation for it and then only if we cannot will we go down the demon route and we'll help you with that too and that I respect a lot. I respect that a lot. I think it that legitimizes them a whole lot more. It does. In my opinion. The fact that they're like, you know what? I'm not just going to jump to the demon thing. Yeah. Also, the fact that they're just like the sweetest couple that's ever existed. They're so sweet. They're, they're, they're so cute. They're so in love. They're so awesome. And you, I really did like them. You're like, oh, they're so sweet. Frauds. Frauds. <laughs> exactly. Liars. Too bad they're frauds. Anyways. I still love them. So anyways, they agree to Carolyn's bequest to come see the house. And I guess they live like 10 minutes away. Yeah, literally they're like a mile away or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Whatever. But they show up with some random guy who does their tech work and a police officer for some unexplained reason. No, not yet. 
first they go and they, they're like, well, let me check it out first. You're right. Because it's probably pipes and boards. Yeah, right. It's probably nothing. It it totally is not pipes and boards. Like, walks in, demon. Demon's on mom. Yeah. Literally the second Lorraine walks into the house, she's like, no, this is real. This is yes. 100% real. And the, and Ed... Yeah, and she doesn't say it right away though. Like Ed's like No, she doesn't. She's like She's not she she's not she's not fear mongering. She's being as scientific as you can be. Right. At, about, With like, clairvoyant she's the powers. Impasse, but she's being <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. She is oh she's okay, I'm gonna take all this in, I'm gonna lay it out, and I'm gonna go from there. I'm gonna do be logical about this. Cause she could have walked in and been like, There's a motherfucking demon on your motherfucking shoulder. Yeah. But she didn't. She didn't. She was just like, oh, are these your kids? Yeah. Cool. This, they have demons too. Is like, this your home? Yeah. yeah. And Ed's like doing his whole like science-y thing. They're looking for reasons. And she's literally just looking around seeing demon, 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 Looking demon, at demon, demon. demon. Yes. <laughs> and then they sit down and they have their little conversation. And they're like, she's like, you know what? This is going to be a lot to swallow. But I'm just going to lay it out. <laughs> There's is, a demon on your this back This is 100% right real. Like... It doesn't matter if you move. It's latched onto you. Yeah, they give that that gum analogy, which at first I thought was annoying. They they, mm-hmm. they explain like, oh, it's it's like you if you move, it's gonna follow you. It's like stepping in gum. It just follows it with you, which is a bit cutesy for damning an entire family. <laughs> It's like gum on your shoe, except it wants to kill you. Because you know what you do when you have gum on your shoes? You change your shoes. Yeah. You can't do that. Or scrape it off. I'm just, I'm just saying. I get that they had to say that because, you know, we can't have them just moving to an apartment and the movie's over. That's lame. But right. it's a lot. I still would have moved anyway because it's a lot harder to plummet to a basement when you're staying in a motel. Yeah. I just don't want to live in a place with a cellar. No. Absolutely. Ever. Yeah. For me now. Well, and I think... And we'll get to it probably, but like they leave out a little bit like, yes, there's a demon that's latched onto them, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of spirits in that house. Yeah. It's not just one solo demon. Yeah. And there's a lot of things in that house that I don't think would have followed them. You know, maybe granted, I think they got they got the nasty one, but I think there's a lot of stuff in that house that wasn't going to follow them. Well, Rory's not so bad, right? Rory seems like a good kid. Rory's kind of good. I mean, he definitely tormented the mom in the cellar. So I guess if we forget about that. Yeah. Oh, he sure did, though. He sure did. But okay, and this is where we get, this movie isn't a twisty movie, but there is one twist that I really liked where they're explaining, they get all the information. They're like, okay, this house totes needs an exorcism. But like, just like in real life, listeners, this is because exorcisms are a real thing, whether you know they're effective or not the process of an exorcism exists right you need you can't just do it any old priest can't just do it you need authorization from the catholic church and you need someone who has been trained in exorcisms to do it right and they also need evidence so exorcisms are legit and they're explaining because of course if if someone told you and that you and your children are damned and there's a demon on your back you're like okay get it off get it off get it off and they're like whoa slow your roll we can't just do that Exactly. So they're explaining, oh, we're going to need to like get to a climax of this movie. So we're going to take steps first. Yeah. Which I, I appreciate. But then they start doing their get, gathering the evidence. Right. And they go into research mode. Yeah. And you have Ed and Lorraine doing actual like cool paper research um, about and they find out that that house belonged to someone who was accused of being a witch. Um, she was Bathsheba, who was re- related to someone who was actually um, tried in the Salem witch trials, Marytown Eastie. Right. And basically, the rumor is that Bathsheba sacrificed her newborn baby in front of the fireplace to the devil and then immediately killed herself, hung herself in the backyard, saying that she would curse anyone who took her land. Right. 
And then they find all these other murders and suicides in that house and houses that were built on the property that had been subdivided. And so all of that is more or less actually true. So yes, kind of, kind kind of. of. So, So, but a lot of stuff happened in that house. Like there were like eight generations of people who lived in that house before the parents moved in in 1971. And in those eight generations of people, there's tons of documentation of, of weird deaths. So like there's two suicides that are documented to have happened in the house. One person was, um, died by poisoning there was a rape of an 11 year old girl in that house oh yeah well in it wasn't it was in the stable right it was like in a stable near but like, yeah. attached to that property right. yes four men froze to death in the house they did and then actually most of them most of the deaths though all happened within one family and it's the arnold family who are um descendants of bathsheba or bathsheba was descended from them one of the two. And this is this is really old stuff. This is like 1800s when all of this stuff was happening. Right. Versus the 1970s parent story, which we can talk about. I think we should talk about that at the end, but which yeah. we will get to. But regarding Bathsheba, Bathsheba Sherman really did live there. Yeah. She did live there in that house. Was she really a witch? I can't say that. Right. Because we can just go off of our census records. So, But according to census our records, census she did have a son. Did they not ask if but- you're a witch in the census? Well, they do now. Flan, this is obviously, <laughs> yeah. But he, she did have a son, but she, it didn't die. He grew up to be an adult. Um, but there was a baby that was not related to her. I think she was caring for it, and he mysteriously died under Bathsheba's care. Mm-hmm. And whenever they did an examination of it, they found um, a wound at the base of the child's skull where a sewing needle had impaled the kid. Which is horrifying. Sounds pretty witchy. So, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's that's as witchy as it gets. And this is in 1863 or something like that. So, of course, what does a township do? They go, she sacrificed that kid to the devil. Yeah, 100%. witch! 100%. Absolutely. And so they they try her um, in an actual court, not like Monty Python does a duck float. Yeah, they not yeah, not like Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Like they actually, exactly. <laughs> they actually they, put her yes, in court for a killing jury. a baby. <laughs> Yes. Um, so Bathsheba did go to court, but she was found, I wouldn't say innocent, but they did. They she was annulled, though. Because, yeah. Yes, because they didn't They didn't have evidence. They just knew that this baby died. They knew a sewing needle went to the back of its neck. It's not, it doesn't look great. So, like, you know, whatever, everyone's like, yeah, okay, you, you got out, but you're still probably a witch. Yeah, exactly. So, every, so, like, the town, like, completely exiled her. It was very, you know... Um, it was very like Scar- Scarlet Letter esque, you know, where they yes. just sort of like, you know what, you're a witch, you killed that baby. It doesn't matter what the court says. Yeah, none of us like you because you a baby died under your care from not a normal injury. Right. Which I think, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying what she did or not, but I wouldn't let you babysit my fucking kid if no someone got impaled. <laughs> Definitely not. No, absolutely not. And so the the of course, just like in this movie, the connection of the house and Bathsheba was obviously. Um, suggested by Ed and Lorraine Warren and the mother mm-hmm. I guess after finding out what she had heard was like oh something kind of funny happened to me I was lying on the sofa she felt a piercing pain in her calf and then her her calf muscle was spasming and then she looked at it and there was some blood like a point of blood and she's like oh I checked for bees but I didn't find anything and then of course in the book that Andrea the daughter wrote about this the mm-hmm. actual happenings of the house. She says it was a perfectly concentric circle as if a large sewing needle had entered <gasps> her skin. How convenient. 
How convenient. There's nothing else that could have poked your mom while she sat on the couch. But, like, honestly, like, that doesn't impress me at all. You're such a tough sell. Someone got poked and you're saying a witch did it? I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not convincing. Who did it then? Oh, my Jesus Christ. Okay. Someone poked her with a sewing needle. (laughs) Obviously, it was a witch. Who else? (laughs) Who else? So, of course, Lorraine... After finding finding out about this wound, she said, oh, well, honey, that was the witch. She said she took her needle in, with her into the afterlife and used it to stab her, to stab your mom. That's what she said. So, I mean, huh. I get I get maybe I'm an extra skeptic, but that's some fucking bullshit. Like, that's the stupidest. I mean, lots of lots of cultures believe that you can take physical items into the afterlife, but to stab people with them. But why? St- why the calf? Like, that's my thing. Like. I would have expected like, like maybe she didn't successfully kill her, but like a poke or like and blood like at the base of the skull, like trying to kill her the same way. I would expect something. No, she's just more symbolic than like just like oh, poke you in the calf, <laughs> yeah, yeah, stab, she's run just away. Annoyed, and that was that was something they were like, oh, she's intimidated by you taking on like the maternal role in the house, and that's why you're being targeted, which is not is not what's offered. Um, in this, in the actual movie, in the movie, no. it's much cooler. Versus, I'm annoyed because I'm the mama of the house, not you. Yeah, really. But anyway, back to the movie. Right. So, and so the Warrens are doing all this research. They find all this cool stuff about the house. They're like, "Wow, there's a lot. There's like a lot going on here." Yes. And then Ed is like, "Hey, listen to our interview. Notice how every time the mom talks, there's no sound." Yes. <laughs> Which is super creepy, and I don't know if that's real life or not. I don't think it was. I think that was something they added in, but super, super creepy. And if that had been real, that would be convincing evidence. If that had been real, like if, if the mom had been spoken, speaking into a rec- recorder and like only um, her wasn't recorded. Yeah. I mean, that's hard. That's hard to explain away. I mean, you couldn't prove it in retrospect though. Right. Like you, you like you could argue that maybe no, only he was it talking. It could literally in. be them. Exactly. You could just sit and down in a room and record an interview by yourself. But right. Exactly. It could. T- it could easily be fabricated. But had it, had that been real, I think that would have been. It would give me goosebumps. Convincing. Gave me goosebumps. Yeah. That works. And so of course they they believe the story and they're gonna go and bring their bells and whistles and thermometers and get some evidence. Right. And so they do. And so they go, they set up cameras all over the house, like weird little trip wires. Some of the cameras are set, like if the temperature drops suddenly, it'll just snap a picture. I don't know why we're presuming that demons are capable of being captured on photo on images. I don't know why we're making that assumption. Like there's a, there's all those theories about ghosts being, scene in pictures and like orbs in pictures and all that kind of stuff like fancy you know explain aways for different light leaks and old cameras so my head canon which i don't think was actually true but was that even if you can't if if you and i couldn't see something in the photo lorraine could that's suspicious <laughs> well it makes yeah She's I, like, I, see I, this I, perfectly normal photo it's not though there's a demon there there's a demon <laughs> and like that wouldn't convince the catholic church they're like, okay, Lorraine, there's a demon in that picture. <laughs> we got a bunch more mail from Lorraine again, Father. Yeah, the, the Pope's like, yeah, I'll, yeah, whatever Lorraine says, let's do it. But in in the in the movie, you do actually, you can see stuff, hands and whatnot. Yeah, it's just interesting so that I they're presuming that cameras is. are capable of capturing demons. I just, well, I don't know, it seems weird. Movies have different opinions on it, but this one says they can, so. 
All right. You see, it feel like you wouldn't need a demonologist. You could just take a Polaroid. Take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. So they set up all that stuff. And then something starts happening. The door Obviously. to the cellar opens. And Lorraine's like, we're going in. <laughs> <laughs> so Lorraine goes all the way down there. And she apparently sees Bathsheba. Who, we see it too. Well, yeah. Who and it's very It's horrifying. It's very creepy. You see the you see not just Bathsheba hanging, you also see Rory's mom. And that's when we find out because she's like wailing over her kid who's dead. Right. And saying, like, she made me do it, she made me do it. And that's when we find out that it's not just a bunch of crazy people going crazy and murdering. It's very specific where she gets into mom and then she gets mom to kill her own children. Right. Exactly. And right. And they play this idea that like, Oh, the witch like killed the child and it needs to kill more children, you know, to appease Satan or whatever. So like, it's just going to keep embodying all these mothers and have them kill their children as like a continued sacrifice. Yes. That's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. So poor Rory, poor, poor little guy. I know. So Rory's actually not that bad. He's just a victim really. And then, and you sort of find out that the vast majority of the spirits in the house are just victims of yes. Bathsheba. Yeah, it all boils down to Bathsheba. We have you. You see the maid who like killed herself, and she's saying, "Look what she made me do." Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, that's the first time that the police officer guy sees sees anything, yes. and he gets yes. really worked up about it. And he he was a skeptic too from the beginning, and now he's like, yes. "Oh crap, it's all real." Yes. I like having a skeptic, though. I like having a skeptic in the group. Yeah, I it is like nice. That's... And so then the rest of the film is mostly, like, well, the next big segment of the film is just these clip scenes going from, like, something scary happening, usually at night, like seeing the maid or or what have you. And then mm-hmm. the more in the, the, the daytime where, like, the Warrens evidently live with them now. Yeah. Which, which also apparently wasn't real. Like, they didn't actually move in with them. Well, no. Um, the the whole investigation did take months, but it, they didn't move in with them for the process, which yeah, I, I thought it was well, kind of weird. That they- in the movie, they expedite what actually went on to fit into, you know, a movie time. So it all happens in like a couple of months or a month. In real life, okay, in real life, some what what the reporting happened allegedly, all of that took place over years, 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 years. years. Yeah. So I get it wouldn't have really made sense for them to move in. If it was just something happens every couple of months, mom gets poked, we hear a clap, we hear something. Right. That wouldn't have made sense. But if they're like things in the movie, things are cooking, things are moving. Yeah, it escalates really, really fast. Exactly. So it makes sense in the in the frame of the movie. Mm-hmm. So what happens next? We're, we enter the third act of this movie where we start seeing all sorts of ghosts, I guess. So we have the little girl who's been walking throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. sleepwalking we see her sleepwalking upstairs and the cameras start going off hint- hinting that there's something with her and we see one photo of something reaching out and holding her right the dad of course wants to go up there with her yeah because my, my daughter's sleepwalking upstairs that doesn't feel safe also demons and mm. they all stop her and they all stop him and they're like wait just we have to like see what's going on well and the daughter had been doing this for a while now like throughout the throughout the movie there were scenes of her like sleepwalking and like banging her head into the wardrobe and i keep expecting yes. the wardrobe to mean something and they never it, i guess it does yeah, it right because there's like that it little passageway does. behind it yeah very weird so though the wardrobe the wardrobe is entirely tied to rory right 
So Rory was pretty much hunted by his mom whenever he was possessed, whenever she was possessed by Bathsheba. Uh-huh. And so that's why we have the hands that come out and clap. We've, those are, we learn are going to be Rory's hands because he has a secret little hidey spot behind the wardrobe that goes in between the walls. And that's why we also have that terrifying scene where she's banging into the wall, banging into the wall while she's sleepwalking or banging into the wardrobe. And then they look up and Bathsheba is on top of the wardrobe. Ugh. So scary. She knows that that kid went in there. Mm-hmm. So that's the important, the relevance of the wardrobe. It's kind of a good thing. It's kind of like a sanctuary. Right. But I, I'm not going in it or going anywhere near it. Right. And so they terrifying. break through the, the fake door because they can't find the girl, right? Yes. They can't find her. They can't find her anyway. They're like, where did she go? So they break through the, like, the faulty back to the wardrobe. And then you just, you're in the wall of the house now. And there's like this, all these toys in there. Apparently, Rory had kept his stuff in there. There's like this perfect dust ring for where the um, music mm-hmm. box had been, which is yes. very suspicious, which implies that it had very recently been removed from there. Exactly. And then put by the tree. Exactly. Which I don't care for. Almost as if spirits were dormant until they moved in. Yeah. I don't like so it. So was this, was this before, have we, we've had the cellar scene already yeah. with, um, with Lorraine down in the cellar with Bathsheba. So, and this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, or one of my favorite aspects, is they take her locket. So she has that locket with her daughter's photo in it, and her and her daughter has a related one with the, with her parents in it. Yeah. And the spirit grabs that locket off her neck and rips it. Right. And so a lot of movies, a lot of movies do the thing where they say, oh, it's anchored to the people. It's not anchored to the house. And that's why we're not going to change sets every 10 minutes. You know, they say it's anchored to the people, anchored to the people. Right. This is the first movie that I've seen that follows through with that the opposite way. Yeah. It anchors to Lorraine. It's right. like, I, I, do, I am not attached to this house. I can go wherever the hell I please. And you just walked in my realm and now I'm coming for you. I'm coming for your kid. Right. Yeah. And it uses the locket as like a nidus or something, like a, like a way to exactly. get to... Lorraine's daughter yeah. she, she it, it learns it it sees oh this is your kid I'm gonna go take care of that right and it's and oh my gosh this part is so scary cue Annabelle back in the scene <laughs> oh my god so the daughter's like wakes up because like the, the same thing happens to her that was happening to the um the younger daughter in the parent family April who were something would pull on her leg every night for a while so so Lorraine's daughter something pulls on her leg she gets super scared. She goes downstairs. Um, the door to the room full of cursed objects. <laughs> Which has like 18 padlocks on it. 18 padlocks or some crap is inexplicably open. And Annabelle is not there. Where could she be? <laughs> Hell no. So the daughter ends up in like the room across or something. And there's Annabelle sitting on the lap of somebody rocking in a rocking it's chair Bathsheba for show yeah Bathsheba's just sitting there brushing Annabelle's hair brushing her hair which I hate so much I can't even describe it so I I am usually pretty tough I'm a tough cookie I can watch a lot of scary movies I remember being in theaters and I shut my eyes at this one I cover my face up as soon as I saw her in that rocking chair yeah no that was that it crossed a line for me that was the moment I was like I need to sleep tonight <laughs> yeah at some point and i can't I need to if sleep. i watch one more second of her brushing this doll's hair it was too late obviously it was, but yeah. that, that was one of the scariest moments it totally was and it was like and that's i think what's so scary about this movie is that it's not just the 
it's not just the jump scares and it's not just the creepy things that happen at night, like something flashing by before your eyes or something or anything like that. And it's not even like the big exorcism climax. That's the scariest part of the movie. It's these, although that's fucking scary, very scary, but it's these moments that are just like eerie and just like, after the movie, you just can't get that part out of your head. Yes. They are lasting. They are just good images. Yeah. They're really good because they, they use images sparingly. Like for pretty much the whole scene of the mom being in the cellar, there's nothing. You don't see anything in there. You know, it, you're just relying on acting, lighting, the set. That's all your, that's all, all for, for God's sake, it was black down there. You can't see anything. You don't see anything but except for those hands. Terrifying. Exactly, but it's terrifying, and that means whenever they give you an image, it lasts because you've been primed for like an hour. <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. That's all this movie is is like getting you ready, getting you ready for the next scary part, and then the scary part happens, and sometimes it's a jump, and sometimes it's not. But like, no matter what, typically it's, like, it just it's not. Sort of typically it's exactly. Typically it's hey, something. I'm about to do something real spooky. Like whenever Lorraine's outside, just like taking care of the laundry, and then you just see the sheet move. The sheet blows off the line, and it hits a figure. Yeah. And then it goes away and then it hits the window and you see someone up there. Oh my it's, god. It's it's not trying to be sneaky about it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And then that part It's giving that you part already happened. Did we skip that? Well, yeah, that was way at the beginning whenever mom gets vomit in her mouth. Oh my god, I hated that part. Yeah, so the the sheet flies <laughs> up, it captures that demon like figure in the window. Lorraine's like, "Shit." Mm-hmm. Runs upstairs and then the mom's trying to take a nap, opens her eyes, but she was literally over her. On top of her. Vomits into her mouth. Yes. Oh, my God. I feel sick just thinking about it. Yeah. It's gross. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. That's when you know, like, the mom's not coming back from this. No. Yeah. It, well, you you know it's coming from mom. They allude to it. And then just in case you weren't sure, there you go. There you go. And it was a nice little... You know, ode to the exorcist. Uh, yeah, that's a what bit I of thought too. Vomiting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was nice. It was I sweet. Like that. It was sweet of them. Oh, sweet little vomit. Hated it. We- <laughs> so Lorraine's daughter is so stuck have- in the room with a rocking chair and the yes, brushing the doll's hair. And then Lorraine, Lorraine knows that something's up. She feels it. She sees her dead daughter in a pond at the farmhouse. Yeah, they rush home. And they get there just in time for the chair to, like, smash against the doorway. And they get her and her daughter's fine. And yes. Annabelle is back in her little spot. Which which just proves what we were saying. Yeah. About that's not stopping. Like, the padlock's not going to stop the demon. Being in a glass box is not going to stop the demon. Right. Like, it's doing, yeah, it's not keeping her. No. Which I don't like. It's it's almost as if Ed and Lorraine's existence themselves is what keeps that stuff at bay. Their presence is what keeps it at bay. Which make is why probably Lorraine is terrified at the thought of leaving her daughter and she doesn't want to. And I mean, she was right. Yeah. I mean, like, I wouldn't want to leave my child in a house where I've specifically a curated a house no, of, like, you. cursed items. A literal house of horrors. Absolutely not. Absolutely but again, not you know safest place for it so i think that i don't know i think it's admirable at least that they recognize that yeah our kid's not safe here but i mean this is the safest situation out of all of the ones we've tried right and so this is where the movie finally hits its climax lorraine's like you know what it's going down and it's going down right now so the parents have apparently moved out of the house and they're in a motel that they've recently moved into they rush back and they're like you know what where's the mom (laughs) 
the mom and the yep. and like only one of the daughters or a couple of the daughters one of the daughters one, uh, they're missing the youngest daughter and the do- and the mom is the mom is like objectively possessed at this point driving yes. back to the house to sacrifice her daughter ritualistically so everybody's rushing back to the house they all get there and this is where crap really hits the fan cuz that's whenever she's like over her kid with a pair of scissors or something like ready to go right Right. And then, of course, everyone stops her and they're like, all right, get let's get back. Let's get her out of here. And then she can't, which I thought was another really clever effect. Yeah. Where the demon's like, you know what? No, you're not taking her out of this yeah, house. You're, you're, she's not leaving because she it's literally burning up every time that she tries to get out of the house. Just skin peeling, burning up. Yeah. It's awful. And then the house literally yanks her back in. And she starts spiraling on the ground alone and yanked back to the cellar. And she screams out Roger, which is the name of her husband. Right. So this is what I mean by this movie. None of this is new. Like, this is not anything that you wouldn't get story-wise from another horror movie. But they do it so freaking well. Like, they they're, they add barriers where they need to. She can't leave the house. And then they show, just like what they said earlier, which is different than what other exorcism movies do, that it's not just a clean break of, and you're possessed. Right. It's a transition and it's a, it's a fight. And she is still there. Like hope isn't up and she's still in there, which makes it both, you know, optimistic and horrifying. Yeah. Because she's in there. Totally. And that's such, and that's so different than so many of the other possession movies. You're right. Like, cause like in The Exorcist, um, like the girl is not there anymore until yeah. after The Exorcism is over. Like she is absolutely not there anymore. Whereas in this one, like the mom is always still kind of there. Which is, I really appreciate. I appreciate it. And it makes it poignant. And it makes the it makes the exorcism more two-sided. It makes it scarier that like... It does. It really then does. Then you're thinking about like the mom is experiencing it, you know? Yes. It's not like she's just been pushed off into the nethers and is completely unaware of what's going on anymore. Like she's aware. She's watching yeah. herself do these things. You know, she's trying to fight it, but she can't. Like, the demon is in her body with her. Like, that is truly terrifying. Just thinking of what it would be like. Yeah. Exactly. And that's horrifying. Horrifying. And that is why I like this movie. They do it really well. Oh, yeah. So. So they all rush down there. They try to stop her. She tries to kill them. Yeah. (laughs) Almost does. realize that we don't have time to get permission from the church. Don't have time to get the priest. We don't have time to get who we need to get down here. It's like it's going down right the hell now right so ed is going to do the exorcism himself and then of course he's getting whacked to timbuktu by bathsheba the whole time well and he really doesn't then, want to he's like you know what i'm not a priest no he's like i don't yeah i don't do this like he knows how to but it's not well, he's some, seen them it's not something he does and he's like lorraine you cannot be here the last time we did an exorcism it didn't go well exactly and she's like, but she she pulls this line a couple times on him. She's like, you know what? We were put on this earth for something. And if it's not to help this family right now, then what? You yeah, know? exactly. So like, I kind of, yeah, I don't know. I really like. Her. Oh, absolutely. I like both of them. I think they're both really likable. I think the family's likable. I like everyone in this movie. Yeah. Even the witch. I Even like Bathsheba. She's doing great. Yeah, doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Killing it. Killing it. <laughs> so they tie her to a chair, wrap her in a sheet. This is another one of the scenes that is the reason I didn't sleep that fateful night. Yeah. <laughs> is that whenever the sheet starts ripping. And you just see the you face. you see her face. Yeah. yeah. And we have the whole exorcist crap. We have the vomiting blood, the chair flipping around. We have the guns getting shot around the room. It's 
as climactic as you can make an exorcist scene. Uh, I thought it was really terrifying. Absolutely. And like probably one of the weirdest things about the making of this movie to me is that the person who plays the witch, the face that you see is this guy. His name is Joseph Bishara. And he's a very confusing human to me because he's also the composer of the film. What? So he did the music. He's one talented witch, isn't he? He plays the witch, and he was also the lipstick face demon in Insidious. <gasps> Shut up! And the composer of Insidious. Shut up! Oh my god! That's incredible! I want to meet this guy. That's an, that's awesome. And I'm just, Can you imagine what his resume looks like? Weird as hell. I just who are you, Joseph Bashar? Oh, I love him. He's an, he's amazing. I'm his number one fan. You would. Holy crap. Good for him. That's bonkerballs. Alright, cool. <laughs> That's cool. Like I just can't comprehend him as a person. He's like, I really like doing really terrifying violin music. Um I'll also, uh, coincidentally, if you will, um, I like to put lipstick all over my face. I'm just trying to imagine which one came first. Like, was he an actor? And then they were like, oh, man, our composer dropped out. And he's like, oh, I got, here's my mixtape. Here's my mixtape. Awesome. Really good at doing my own makeup. Yeah. Or was he just a composer who was like, oh, we need, we need someone to put lipstick all over their face. And he's like, I'm game. Like, which one was it? Either way, ridiculous. And I have nothing but respect for this guy truly brilliant truly brilliant he's an artist if anyone if anyone in this movie is an artist he, it is him absolutely that is art joseph we love you we love you come on our podcast come on your podcast teach us how to look like darth maul <laughs> please but yeah so that happens <laughs> oh it's crazy so they're doing the exorcism and another little you know shout out to the exorcist the chair starts floating midway. Yeah, of <laughs> like course. It hits hits peak exorcism, and then the chair starts floating. And we're like, oh. That again. And you never really know, like, is the floating a good sign or a bad sign? Uh, yeah, because it gets really quiet. You get It gets really quiet, and you're like, yay, I but you're floating. You're floating. You're like, yeah, like, is are you floating because the demon is leaving you, or are you floating because... The demon is taking you. Yeah, floating's a mixed bag for me. Who's winning here? Yeah. Unclear. Well, and and it's not over at that point, right? Because then she falls down. Chair gets thrown. She, the daughter falls into a hole. How did, how did the daughter end up in the wall? I'm trying, no, I think she, she went there. She like ran. Oh yeah, she hid in the wall. She was hiding. Well, I think she had Rory helping her. I think that because like the whole movie, she's like, BFF with this demon ghost, right. which is exactly the imaginary friend you want your kid to have. Correct. But I guess it, it works out. So she's running around in the walls, I guess, guided by Rory because Rory's played this game before. But Rory lost this game last time. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's not the best. Not the best guide, but I mean, the best she has. Yeah. And so the mom, they're doing a good job with this exorcism. And then mom, how does she break out? She just breaks away. She just becomes super strong. Yeah, that's right. She she like hulks out and then <laughs> obviously is scurrying around trying to get this kid to sacrifice. And God bless him. What's his name? The, the one of the helpers, the really young one who's on like the helper team. Yeah. And he's looking for April and like finds her in the wall. And of course, like shouts out 
hey, I found April, and these are her exact coordinates. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom's like, sweet. Crawls up the wall. Beeline straight. Yes. Br- digs like, on God in. damn it. We were so, and the kid's like, God, dude, like, I was hiding for a reason. Yeah. He just shouts out her, like, t- shouts out her exact coordinates, of course. And so then, of course, we have the fight from, so we had the, the fight from the outside, which was, like, the actual exorcism right. with, like, the holy water. Oh, also, so they have a three-ounce container of holy water. Yeah, not enough. Not going to cut it. No, I abso- I would have, like, a pesticide pump Yeah, just spray filled, it on. Just drowning some demons. And they have, like, this one three-ounce of holy water that works, but they're out. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know what the market price is for holy water. I don't know what their budget is, but I would have invested a lot more into that and a lot less into thermometers and cameras. I feel like it's personally. pretty cheap. A little hard to come by, maybe, but pretty cheap. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what these priests are doing, jacking up their prices. If yeah. There's demand. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You can buy it at most, like, Christian reading stores. Those little How vials of it? it. I don't know. It's probably, it's wildly overpriced. It's like $15 for one of those little glass bottles with Well, that's what I'm saying. It. Exactly. But, like, literally, they know priests that you just go to a priest, have them bless the water, and then, bam, you have it. I don't think there's rules about how much they can bless at a time. No, I mean they can just stand over a lake. I guess I don't know how it's I don't know how this lake works. Now I don't know. I'm not a priest, obviously. Obviously. So we had the the whole exorcism from the outside, and then it turns into we have mom in the walls with the kid. They cannot get to her physically. Can't get to her. Like Lorraine can slip one hand in, but then it becomes apparent that they can't do this, and it's going to be like a fight from the inside where right. mom, who is still in there, is going to be fighting to get this witch right. out and so lorraine just like I love. grabs the demon's head <laughs> and is like yeah and is like talking to carolyn directly she's like totally ignoring Bathsheba at all at this point she's like carolyn you have to do this you don't want to kill your daughter come back you know mm-hmm. and it's like this weird moment and like there's like a slight ray of sunlight coming down on her head and it's very like it's very mystic at this point you know very spiritual. It's very spiritual. And the what, the thing that gets me, and it was truly surprising to me, actually, is that it works. It does. It works. It's inspiring because it, that never that is one thing that other movies don't do. That stuff doesn't work. Well, and that's what, you can't just fight your way out. Yeah. And that's what that's what gets me about this film is it's a happy ending, essentially. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely it kind of. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as you can. As you happy can do, as I'd you can it, be. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And is, and that's just it's so surprising. Like they win. Yeah, they win. And like that never happens. It happens in this one. I mean, it wasn't. It was a tough journey. Oh yeah. A lot yeah. of birds went flying through windows. Mm-hmm. In the process, but yeah, overall. And then you, of course, you have the scene at the very end, the closing scene where everything's locked up in the little museum of horrors, and then the music box. Right. He playing. adds the music box to the cursed room. I don't know why. Of all the cursed items from the house. Why did he choose Rory's music box? What else would you have added? Well, I don't know, but like they pick totems, right, from each case and they put it there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, I agree. The music box is not possessed, as we've discussed, but inhabited by Rory or whatever. But Rory was one of the more benign demons in the whole thing. Like there were other items in that house. Like, for example, like when they were in the wall, like they also found Bathsheba's... um, noose that she was hung with Mm -hmm. like i feel like i would have picked that yeah okay but hear me out so rory is i mean he's an innocent in this 
horrific history. I mean, maybe. As you pointed out, though, he turned out to be kind of a piece of shit. Exactly. But yeah, he's not great. And also, he is, he is by no means a benign character in this story. Yeah. By no means. And if you think about it, so this is what I was thinking about as that scene closed. This all started when the little girl brought that back from the edge of the swamp. Yeah. And if you think about it, based on where the dust was, that had to have been moved recently. And I think that he moved it there for her to find. Or someone moved it there for her to find. I think you're absolutely right. I think when he was initially killed, he was the victim. Yeah. But But living for a few hundred years in a house with Bathsheba. Ain't good for you. No, I feel like he probably became evil. And so, like, he was definitely helping her. And by, like, helping April, helping, quote unquote, April get into the walls and stuff was really just making it harder for people to get to her. Like, I think he was really just helping Bathsheba the entire time. Maybe. I don't know. I do. I do know that his involvement, whether I mean, also, he's a kid. Let's not forget that he's like an eight year old child. So what he's trying to do at times did help, like whenever he was bringing that little girl into the his little hidey hole or whatever. And whenever he was playing with the other little girl. Yeah. But whether he's being manipulated by Bathsheba, by the ghost of his mother, by what have you, I think that is something to consider. Because all of this started whenever they found that music box at the edge of the swamp that had to have been moved. Yeah. I agree. So whenever it starts playing, it's in my eyes, it's like searching for someone, searching for someone, searching. Right. But so he puts the music box in the cursed room, mm-hmm. which is great. And then we overhear them talking about a phone call that they just got about um, a case that they want to go check out. Mm-hmm. And the case that they're talking mm-hmm. about is the Amityville horror case. Yeah. That's what they got a phone call about. It's sort of a lead into that. A lead into a movie that happened like 40 years ago. That already happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really, I like the ending a lot. It, it's a really good last scare without being desperate to be like, oh, we're scary. It's a convincing scare. It's authentic for what the movie is. I love the microfilm outro credits. I think that is really lasting because like you said, it's a happy movie as it can get. Yeah. But then it's. It, it really calls back to all that shit that happens when they're like, oh, this these are the actual little girls. Hey, here's the actual house. Oh, my gosh. Here are the yeah. actual Warrens. Well, and that's so creepy. Like, they they open it. They're like, oh, based on a true story. And then you watch the whole thing, and it's awful. And they're like, by the way. Remember. These yeah. are real people. <laughs> these are the Warrens. This is what they look like. These are the parents. Aren't they cute? Demons. It happened. They can't very well, you know, a, a lot of movies do the true story claim, but it's it's kind of desperate to at the very end be like, also, don't forget, it's it's still a true story. But they do that and they do it effectively. They do it so effectively because you kind of forget. They like, remind shit, you. You this forget. Was based on something real, quote unquote. Yes. And that's yeah, that's very mm-mm-mm. concerning. It is. So concerning. we went through a lot of what the, the actual true story is regarding Bathsheba, but we haven't really talked much about the true stories of what happened to the parent family. Yeah. Let's talk just a little bit about that because if like, yeah, if this is based on a true story, what is that Mm -hmm. story, Kate? Okay. So it's a lot less cool than what happens in this movie. So basically the only things that happen in this movie that are allegedly true based on at least Andrea, who's the, the daughter, the parent sister who's written the story is the, the beds being lifted. Oh wait, that wasn't even in the movie. Yeah, that didn't really happen in the movie. The bed, like, moves. Okay, so what happened to them is mostly the the big ones were, like, 5.15 on most mornings. The beds would lift, and then they would smell rotting flesh. That was in the movie where stuff mm-hmm. smelled like something died. And so that that allegedly is true. So, all, again, and just to preface, all these 
quote unquote facts that I'm going to use to illustrate the true story. They come from recent accounts from, you guessed it, Lorraine Warren. Right. And then the eldest parent sister who, I mean, for better or for worse, are benefiting off of what these facts are. So, And also this, this reportedly happened in the 70s. They lived in this house in real life from 1971 to 1980. So these are old stories that yeah. have been elaborated. But basically the Warrens made, like you said, multiple investigative trips from I think I think it was just in 1974. Uh, they never actually did an exorcism. Yeah, it never happened. Never happened. And Lorraine says that that never would have happened because unlike what happens in the movie, Lorraine says they would never have tried to do that because that's what the Catholic priest does. That is not their role. But they did hold a seance. And the eldest daughter who wrote the book, she watched the seance and she heard her. She saw her mother speak an unknown language she saw the mother's chair levitate and then the mother was allegedly thrown across the room yeah thrown yeah yeah which i think is interesting right that they um they put in an exorcism into the movie but in real life they performed a seance which is obviously the worst idea oh it's brilliant (laughs) the worst idea have you ever done a seance obviously oh my god (laughs) i just had to get it on the record I can't with you. I just wanted to ask, would you would you be open to doing one? No. I mean, the no. Warrens did it. The Warrens no. are very spiritual. and No. Okay. Well, that's all right. No. How much no. would someone have to pay for you to do a seance? Literally could not pay me enough. Are you serious? All right. If I said, nope. I will pay off your vet school debt. Not going to happen. I will pay off your vet school debt. I will give you a house. Nope. You'd have to do a weensy little seance. Nope. Just a little teeny one. Nope. All right. So here's the thing, though, right? I mean, you and I are both skeptics in our own way. Yeah. You're a skeptic in the... Are you a skeptic at all? What? I am. How dare you? So you're... (laughs) Okay. I'm just saying you're you're a skeptic and you're a scientist. Yes. Thank you. But but you use that as a preface to say that you believe. But... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're like, no, this might... I doubt this happened. I mean, I am a man of science, but there are demons in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I see you. Again, with the salt. We can wash that off. I'm just saying that, like, I don't necessarily believe all the stories that people say, obviously. Because there's tons of alternative explanations for things. That said... Here you go. I'm not going to invite that shit into my life. I'm not going to be the one to be like, oh, it's not real. I'm just going to... Do it. Is that your impersonation of me? Yes, that is my impersonation <laughs> of you because you're the type of skeptic that's like, oh, I don't think it's real. So I'm just going to like fuck around with a Ouija board and invite <laughs> spirits into my own personal body because I don't think it's real. It's just like, you know what? I have, I mean, I'm a skeptic in both directions in the sense that like, I'm not going to say that it doesn't exist. And on the off chance, on the off chance that it does exist and I invite a demon into my body, it's like, well, my own fault. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I don't see the appeal to inviting that opportunity into my life. Oh, it's fun. No, if it is real, I'm not going to play with that stuff. I don't, I don't, mm -mm, nope. That is not the recipe I cook with. I am not from a very, so my dad's, my dad's very religious. He's pretty religious. My mom's kind of religious, but we're not a super religious family Mm -hmm. per se. So, you know, we went to church as, as kids, but that's, that's kind of it. So we're not, we don't go to church on Sundays anymore. We don't do any of that stuff Mm -hmm. but so i assumed that my mother wasn't you know like a believer of this stuff and so my mom's been listening to the podcast since i've had it and she's like oh you're this is fine i like this and then i casually because i I had to go home uh the other weekend 
And I've, I think I might have mentioned to you, Chris, that I've heard sounds in my house. The house you're currently living in? No, my, my, my childhood home. Yeah. I live in a condo. Demons don't haunt condos. <laughs> Good. They just don't. They go for houses in the woods. So I've, I've heard things um, in my house, like knockings on the door. Yeah. Have I told you about this? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. That knock, knockings on doors that couldn't be explained that, and that other people heard independently of me. But, I mean, I don't think that it's a demon or anything like that. So, and my grandmother was it was was very spiritual. She was like our matriarch of our family. And she was very, very spiritual, not religious at all. She was not religious religious in at all. But she was very spiritual. And she would hold seances. Good. And she um, would have, you know, have Ouija boards and things like that. And I got one of her old Ouija boards and I would play with it. And so I assumed that my, my mom wasn't into, like, this whole demon-y thing. So I just brought it up. I'm like, Mom, like – have you ever played with a Ouija board? And she just looked at me and she says, they're not toys. <gasps> I agree. <laughs> I, <laughs> your mom and I should be doing I, a podcast. What is, what am I? Yeah, doing? I know. Well, no, you'd agree with each other the whole time, <laughs> but she just looked at me as if I had said that the stove is a toy. Like I'm going to go play with the stove. She's like, that is not a toy. I'm going to go play with the iron. That is not a toy. I'll play with the Ouija board. That is not a toy. I agree. Like, All right. It yeah. isn't a toy. So you, you and my mom would get, but so I think it is a toy. A hundred percent. You buy them at Toys R Us. Which is so sketchy to me. Toys R Us doesn't even <laughs> exist anymore. Faulty argument. That's probably why. <laughs> That's probably why. Oh, yeah. Therefore, it never existed, they, obviously. They made enemies with the demons. Also, so, okay. So you can be a, a skeptic and still be a believer, kind of, is what I'm getting at. Because my, my mom is definitely a skeptic. She doesn't think everything is haunted. She doesn't believe these stories, but she has, just like you, a healthy dose of skepticism. Probably less than you. You're a bit more. I'm just saying that. Like, I'm, I'm skeptical of the stories that people say. Like, I'm not just going to believe yeah. people that demons or ghosts are haunting their houses or anything like that. However, mm-hmm. I'm skeptical in the other direction, which is that I'm not just going to assume that they don't exist just because I don't have solid evidence either way. Yeah, you know? It's kind of a scaredy cat argument. Yeah, but I think it's the I think it's more scientific to be skeptical in both directions than just assume that they don't exist. I'm not assuming. I'm just, I'm not going to base any, I'm going to wait for proof. Uh, I don't know. You're assuming it's, that they don't, don't exist when you're like performing seances and garbage like that. Yeah, I'm I'm inviting I'm inviting myself to have evidence. I'm opening all Reckless. those doors. Reckless. And no nothing's come through the door that I've seen. Reckless. Like they have, not, uh, maybe. Maybe maybe. Maybe you're possessed right now and this is the demon like, "Hey guys, don't worry, it's not real. Just perform all the seances <laughs> you want." Play with all the Ouija boards. Nothing bad's going to happen. No, if I was possessed, I wouldn't be spending all this money on vet school. I'd just be possessing people and scaring people. Sure. So do you know much about the current owner of the house? Or you didn't know that someone lived there. I think it's awful that someone does. What are they doing? No, I mean, it's a, it's a, okay, fair. So it's a house though. It's like the movie said, it's not attached to the house, right? Isn't it though? Yeah, exactly. But so the current owner, um, I did a lot of research into her actually. It's fascinating. And, which is exactly what she wouldn't want me to do because her name is Norma Sutcliffe and she keeps trying to get people to leave her the hell alone. I would. So that she could just live in her house. But basically she's she's come forward since the movie. She basically she hates this movie. She thinks this movie has just ruined her entire life. She says that her she and her husband Gary or Jerry live there and um they've just had door you know, heard the door banging in the front hall. They hear sounds of people talking in the room and footsteps around the house and things like that so they agree it's haunted kind of but not really oh my god (laughs) it's it's interesting 
they're very chill about it and they're just annoyed at everyone's obsession with it they're like yeah my husband's chair vibrates alone in the other room and someone's knocking on the door when no one's there it's fine leave us alone what's what, why are you so obsessed with me why are you so obsessed with me and the only thing that they said were that they saw visibly because that to me that's that's kind of key evidence is seeing something or having to multiple people see things because hearing things just like the movie says could be pipes could be the house settling could be your ice machine it can be so many okay things. but every sense is faulty yeah i mean no that I, that i can agree with but it's a lot easier for your house to make noises than for your house to put apparitions sure around the room so the only things that they saw was they, they saw um, a blue light shoot across the room and the husband said that he saw he thought he saw fog in his home like that's that's the scariest stuff that they've they've seen but norm norma so the woman who lives there she keeps saying that she looks at these from a scientific standpoint and she has never jumped to conclusions on any of these as and i quote minor experiences in the home and since this movie came out they just have an ongoing barrage of trespassers and onlookers but like i was talking to you before we started recording i was talking about yeah this is like a real house and you're like why would anyone live there and then i said yeah i have the address like it, you can get it oh my it's just online <laughs> listeners please don't go to this These house. poor leave people them leave the them alone. alone yeah i know but basically in a, in a way of fighting back because everyone's like oh i want to go see the haunted house this woman spent months the woman who lives in this house spent months gathering evidence to disprove the parent story and disprove the movie oh wow so i don't encourage people to go peep in her house because you know she's trying to live there yeah and, be a person but what you can do is you can go on youtube and you can watch her story her name is norma sutcliffe and she has all sorts of hard evidence disproving their story and basically calling the parents and the warrants quacks it's an hour long so i didn't watch the whole thing but it's really it's really interesting i really liked having someone who's actually living in the house and who has quote-unquote heard things and says yeah i heard stuff i don't believe it and she's not scared at all she ain't afraid of no ghost all right, all right. I'd be interested to know what her hard evidence is. Well, she has data. She has people contradicting each other. She has all sorts. She has stuff going back to Bathsheba. You know, it's from and especially for the Warrens. She has so many accounts of like the Warrens getting caught in their own lies. Yeah. You know, being disproved again and again, and it's, it's so I I think it's really strong. So she is not the Warrens' number one fan. I'm a fan of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch them fight all day. Yeah, hundred percent. But all of that's on YouTube if anyone's interested. All right, so that's The Conjuring. That's is it. There, there's a lot more, but I'm there's there's so much to this movie. There's so much to the backstory that um, I feel like it it deserves its own podcast series essentially to walk through all absolutely uh, but if you just don't want to if you don't want that <laughs> you can watch the video that kate just referenced there's also um andrea perrin wrote a like we which we've alluded to she wrote a book it's called um house of darkness house of light and that's her testament to everything that happened throughout those years and as as you kate as you said earlier kate like not all the family members were jazzed about Our her doing that. it yeah i don't know I didn't see so much about them saying that she was lying or incorrect, but like a lot of people just didn't want her to write the book in the first place. So it's kind of controversial yeah. in their family for her to mm-hmm. have done what she did, but she, but it's done too late. It's it's It happened and I'm glad it's it did because we got this movie. So. And again, she says that what real life was much scarier this, than this movie. And I find that a little hard to believe. Hard to believe. Yeah. Especially if the only big things that happened were the house where like the, um, beds being lifted the and such lifting like well that's thought that's a lot not as scary as that's a, a lot tamer man yeah that's not as scary 
Unless your mom was holding a scissors over your sister. Yeah. This movie is scarier than what happened in your life. 100%. And it's yeah. kind of funny because, like, this movie got an R rating only because it's so scary. Like, it doesn't have nudity. It has, like... Oh, like, just for its scare factor. It has the smallest amount of alcohol and and smoke and smoking and stuff like that. Like, there's no foul language. It's literally just got an R rating because of how scary it is. They were shooting for That's a PG-13 amazing. for this movie. Um, no. Yeah, and the MPAA is like, I'm sorry, but we cannot give you that because it's too much. No. They should they should make it so you have to bring a friend with you to watch this movie. That's how scary this movie was for me, especially in theaters. We have nowhere to hide. Oh, yeah. Well, and apparently when this film was, like, debuted in the Philippines, they went further than the buddy system, and they had Catholic priests. They hired Catholic priests and had them sitting <gasps> out front of all of the movie theaters that it aired. So that viewers could come talk to them immediately afterwards. Uh, and they like blessed all of session. the movie theaters. And like there were all these reports of viewers having quote negative presences that they were feeling while watching the film. And um, yeah, it's called fear. Yeah. <laughs> I felt a negative presence. It's like, well, that's that's your, you know, that's your adrenal gland squeezing up a little bit. But yeah, I like this movie. Yeah, it was it, it was wild. Obviously, I don't like. So this did movie you? OK, because it scared me. And, like, I, I did what you told me to do, and I, I watched it with people, and, like, I was, like, literally melding my body into someone else's the entire <laughs> time. I was, like, closer, 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 closer. <laughs> but that said, I think this movie was very well shot. I thought the Absolutely. acting was exceptional. I thought the fact that it was drawn from a true story is super, super interesting. And just, like, re- researching this movie was really kind of fun absolutely we have so much more research and i'm gonna post that on twitter on instagram all that stuff so stay tuned we're gonna add a lot of cool information yeah but long story short i mean obviously i don't like this movie because it scared me but as far as quality i thought it was a surprisingly elegant movie two thumbs up two thumbs up so i mean speaking of the scoreboard Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do something which i never do and i'm saying this should go to the top what's at what's at the top right now hereditary Oh, fuck yeah. To the top. I think this is better by a long shot. Okay. Hereditary is great. Except for the ending. Oh, I'm not even <laughs> going to start that right now with you. I like this much better. Yeah. I agree. And I liked Hereditary. And I really did like Hereditary. I think this goes straight to the top. Yeah. I agree. Straight to the top. And if you guys disagree with us, I mean, I don't care. You can email me about <laughs> it. I mean, that's fine. But we do want to hear your opinions. We do. And if you if you want to check out our current scoreboard, it is up on Tumblr right now. You can go check it out at nightlighthorrormovieclub.tumblr.com. And we also have show notes for each episode. Yeah. And if you're interested in joining our club, which I hope you are, it's really easy. Just simply click the subscribe button and follow us week to week as we explore all things horror. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we'll be sharing all kinds of other interesting trivia and psychoanalyzing the films all week long. We post lots of stuff that we don't even talk about here on the podcast on those different sites so check them out and we want you to be our club member whether or not you like horror movies we do actually have a a good handful of um, people who are in the club who hate horror movies but are weirdly fascinated in them so if you're one of those people feel free to join the club you can just hit our subscribe button and be part of our club it's really easy to join our club we have no dues no dues it's free Meetings are come and go policy. Exactly. But we would we would like um, your help in getting more club members. So please um, rate us, review us. It's a great way of getting people to see that we exist um, and then finding 
uh, family of horror geeks. Yeah. So join our little family. Next week we're going to be watching, I guess, Paranormal Activity. Yes, we're gonna watch Paranormal Activity, which is a movie that I've definitely heard about. It came out back in high school, I think, for for us. And yeah, yeah, I was in I was in like ninth grade. Yeah, this is definitely one of those movies that like you can't like I definitely I know tons of people have talked about this movie, and I knew it made a huge wave when it first came out, and I avoided it like the plague. <laughs> and so I'm really thrilled that I'm going to be watching it now. This was one of my first sleepover horror movies growing up, so it has a special place in my heart. Yeah, it is one of those like sleepover horror house. film movies. People do it, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that movie and more next week. And, of course, if you have a movie that you want us to cover that we haven't covered yet, or if you have any thoughts on our show today, we'd love to hear it. Just um, give us an email at nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. And so that concludes this week's meeting. See you next time. See ya. Let's see how long this is. Kate, we've been talking for two hours.